Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Acadian Timber Corp Q2 2020 conference call and webcast. At this time, all participant lines are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Adam Shaparsky. Thank you. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Gigi. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to, to Acadian Timber's second quarter conference call. With me on the call today is Eric O'Reilly, Acadian's President and Chief Executive Officer. Before discussing Acadian's results, I will first remind everyone that in discussing our second quarter financial and operating performance, the outlook for the remainder of 2020 and responding to your questions we may make forward-looking statements. These statements are subject to known and unknown risks and future results may differ, differ material. For further information on our known risk factors, I encourage you to review our news release and MDNA, which are available on CDAR and on our website at acadiantimber.com. I'll begin with some comments on our financial results for the quarter ended June 27, 2020. Then Erica will add some further remarks on the business, market conditions, and our outlook for the remainder of the year. Sales for the quarter were $11.5 million, compared to $17.9 million in the prior year period, or a decrease of $6.4 million. The weighted average selling price, excluding biomass, remained relatively stable, with a decrease of 1% year over year. However, challenging operating conditions during the quarter resulted in four less weeks of harvesting activity. To be more specific, operations last year were able to continue two weeks longer into the second quarter, and operations also started up one week earlier last year. In addition to these three weeks of lost operating time, operations had to be stopped for a week as weather in the Northeast was unusually hot and dry, leading to fire risk-related restrictions that have not been seen for decades. Fortunately, we are currently experiencing weather conditions that would be viewed as more normal and there have been no further closures. Operating costs of $10.2 million in the quarter were 34% lower than $15.4 million in the prior year period, which is consistent with the decrease in sales volume. Variable costs per cubic meter decreased 1% year over year, mainly due to lower log processing costs, as there were less handling in the log yard compared to last year. Adjusted EBITDA totaled $1.4 million during the quarter, down from $3 million in the prior year period. Adjusted EBITDA margin for the quarter was 12%, compared to 17% in the second quarter of 2019. The decrease in EBITDA margin was mainly due to a gain on the sale of timberlands in the prior year, which, if removed, would have produced an EBITDA margin of 20, in 2019 of 14%. Our net income for the second quarter was $5.2 million, compared to net income of $5.8 million in the prior year period. The variance from the prior year is primarily due to a positive unrealized foreign exchange gain on our U.S. dollar denominated long-term debt and more favorable fair value adjustments associated with our timberland valuation, which was due to lower harvesting activity during the quarter. 
These gains were offset by a $0.7 million one-time tax expense related to new tax legislation enacted by the Internal Revenue Service on April 8th that impacted the U.S. tax treatment of certain hybrid arrangements. During the second quarter, we generated $0.2 million of negative free cash flow and declared dividends of $4.8 million to our shareholders. Free cash flow was impacted by limited operating activity and the one-time tax expense. The payout ratio for the second quarter is not considered meaningful given the typical low level of activity during the quarter. I will now move into the results for each of our New Brunswick and Maine operations. During the quarter, sales for our New Brunswick Timberlands were $9.5 million compared to $14.4 million in the same period of 2019. The weighted average selling price, excluding biomass, during the quarter was $66.26 per cubic meter, or 5% lower than the price in the same period last year, reflecting a change in customer mix and lower grade logs sold compared to the prior year period. Operating costs in the second quarter totaled $7.7 million, compared to $11.8 million in the prior year period, as a result of a 30% decrease in volume and a 6% decrease in weighted average variable costs per cubic meter due to lower processing costs in the current period as, noticed, as noted previously. New Brunswick's adjusted EBITDA in the quarter was $1.8 million, or $1 million less than the prior year period of $2.8 million. The decrease is due to lower sales volume in the current year and a gain on sale of Timberlands recognized in the second quarter of 2019 of $0.3 million. Adjusted EBITDA margin remained relatively consistent at 19% compared to 20% in the prior year period. Switching over to our main Timberlands, sales during the second quarter totaled $2 million compared to $3.5 million in the same period last year. Sales volume, excluding biomass, decreased 54% year over year as customers were slow to take deliveries, having accumulated significant inventories during the winter harvest season. As well, pulpwood demand was negatively impacted by the explosion of two pulp digesters that occurred during the quarter at a mill in Jay, Maine. The weighted average selling price, excluding biomass, in U.S. dollar terms increased 15% compared to the prior year as a result of a greater proportion of sales being higher value products and less softwood pulpwood in the product mix during the quarter compared to the prior year period. Operating costs totaled $1.9 million in the quarter compared to $3.2 million during the same period of 2019, with higher per cubic meter harvest costs. Variable harvest costs per cubic meter increased compared to the prior year period as a result of transportation costs associated with longer haul distances combined with slightly higher harvesting costs. Adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was $0.1 million compared to $0.5 million during the same period last year, and the adjusted EBITDA margin fell to 6% from 16% in the prior year period. The prior year period included a gain on sale of timberlands, which, if excluded, would have resulted in an adjusted EBITDA margin of 8%. Acadian's financial position remained strong and in the second quarter with a liquidity position of $23 million, including a cash balance of $9.8 million. As we discussed last quarter, we refinanced our long-term credit facilities and were successful in extending the maturity dates of these facilities for periods ranging from 5 to 10 years. These facilities will be drawn on in October when the remaining balance of the original long-term facility matures, providing a 20 basis point weighted average decrease in annual interest costs. The company's current U.S. $10 million revolving facility remains in place, and we added an additional $2 million Canadian revolving facility 
with a major Canadian bank during the quarter in order to increase cash management flexibility. Both of these revolving facilities remain undrawn at the end of the quarter. With that, I will now turn the call over to Erica. Thank you, Adam. I'm pleased to report that Acadian's operations experienced no recordable safety incidents during the quarter amongst employees and contractors. I'm also pleased to report that none of our people have contracted the COVID-19 virus to date. The safety and well-being of our people continue to be our top priority. During the quarter, we implemented a comprehensive COVID-19 operating plan for field and office activities that meets or exceeds all provincial and state regulations and aims to protect the health of our people. With this in place and the COVID-19 risk currently low in the regions in which we operate, we have gradually reopened our offices. The overall impact of the pandemic to our business has been limited given the timing of the initial impact and the resilience of our team and the industry. Operationally, we experienced a minor delay in our timber services activity as one contractor temporarily faced border crossing restrictions. The pandemic also resulted in slow wood deliveries during the second quarter as customers worked through elevated inventory levels from the winter harvest season while assessing the market outlook for their products. Since end-use markets, such as softwood lumber, tissue, and specialty paper products have proven to be resilient, many of our customers are cautiously optimistic about the remainder of the year and are taking deliveries. During the quarter, we faced challenging operating conditions, as Adam referred to in his remarks. While the second quarter of the year is traditionally our weakest due to seasonal operating conditions, operating activity was impacted by an earlier end to winter operations this year compared to 2019, followed by highly unusual dry and hot weather that led to extreme fire risk and operating restrictions later in the quarter. In total, we operated three weeks as compared to seven weeks in 2019. Also, as mentioned, several of our customers, particularly in Maine, were slow to take deliveries, having accumulated significant inventories over an active harvest winter, uh, winter harvest season. Demand for softwood pulpwood in Maine is particularly weak due to high inventories and market disruption caused by the impact of the explosion of two digesters at a mill in Jay, Maine. For all these reasons, sales volume excluding biomass was 33% lower year over year. However, Acadian's weighted average selling price, excluding biomass, was almost unchanged year over year, decreasing just 1%. Softwood saw log prices remained consistent year over year on a consolidated basis, with prices in New Brunswick experiencing a 4% decrease related to customer mix and lower quality logs and main prices increasing 3% in U.S. dollar terms, reflecting higher quality logs compared to the prior year period. Hardwood saw log prices remain consistent with the prior year period. Southwood pulpwood average selling price decreased 7%, representing stable pricing in New Brunswick, offset by a significant decrease in Maine due, the, due to the decreased demand. Hardwood pulpwood prices were up 2%, on continued strong demand in both New Brunswick and Maine. The biomass market in New Brunswick remained resilient with margins improving relative to the same period in 2019, benefiting from lower average hauling distances compared to last year. I'll now make a few remarks on our market outlook. The North American economic outlook for the remainder of the year continues to be highly uncertain 
But the end-use markets for our key products have proven to be relatively resilient. Softwood lumber demand driven by construction activity and home improvements is currently strong. New home sales activity has been relatively robust and consensus forecast is for 1.2 million U.S. housing starts in 2020 and then a return to 1.3 million starts in 2021. Lumber demand has outstripped supply and we have seen lumber prices increase significantly since May. Meanwhile, demand for tissue and specialty paper products, such as food packaging and labels, is expected to remain stable for the remainder of the year. Regionally, and based on what we know today, we expect steady demand for our products in New Brunswick and some weakness in Maine, as mills continue to work through higher than usual winter inventories. The Southwood saw timber market is expected to remain stable with customers having a cautiously optimistic view based on current end-use market strength, offset by concerns about uncertain economic outlook for the remainder of the year. Hardwood saw timber markets are relatively weak due to soft demand for high-end appearance-grade lumber compared to relatively robust demand for low-end industrial-grade products. Meanwhile, pulpwood markets are expected to strengthen as winter inventories are depleted, particularly in Maine. Finally, biomass sales in New Brunswick are benefiting from strong demand. We have worked closely with our customers to develop a good understanding of the demand for our products for the remainder of the year. With contractor capacity in place, we are well positioned to operate in line with our original operating plan for the remainder of the year. Having said this, we continue to be prepared to adjust our operations to respond to changing market conditions and are focused on inventory management and cost containment to mitigate the impact if, uh, of possible uh, future market disruptions. That concludes my formal remarks. We are available to take any questions from participants on the line. Operator? As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Our first question comes from the line of Hamir Patel from CIBC Capital Market. Your line is now open. Hi, good afternoon. Erica, I know we're, we're, you know, we're seeing record uh, softwood uh, sawlog prices. Have you um, taken advantage of this market opportunity to, to, to raise sawlog prices in, in Maine and New Brunswick uh, in the back half? And, and any idea of what sort of magnitude um, increases you might be seeing in the market? Um, so, so in New Brunswick, the majority of our softwood saw timber uh, is uh, sold to Twin Rivers, and we have a fiber supply agreement. The pricing um, is set on uh, a backward-looking six-month um, period, and so uh, that's just a mechanism and a formula. So expect to, you know, as as uh, prices improve, we might get to, to benefit from that as we as we go forward. Um, with respect to our main customers, uh, we actually have uh, been able to benefit from the strength of the market and achieve some price increases, and we are um, going back to market and, and continuing to to ensure that um, we're participating on, in the strength of, of uh, what we're seeing right now. 
And Erica, when you spoke about uh, still sort of planning on hitting your original plan, does that, uh, just to clarify that, that would be your annual plan, so suggest maybe producing or harvesting more in, in the back half than you originally expected given the uh, harvesting issues in, in Q2? We're planning to, to harvest in line with what our original plan was. So we, we develop an annual plan each year, um, and that, you know, that was developed late last year pre-COVID. Um, but based on what we're, we're seeing uh, in our operations today, we expect to, to operate in line with that in Q3, Q4. Our ability to catch up um, a bit um, from, from what we produce in Q2, although Q2 is typically a, a slow quarter for us, and we, we actually perform relatively in line, um, we, is just going to be dependent on market strength. Uh, we do have com contractor capacity in place, so if there is an opportunity, uh, prices are strong, um, and there's you know, adequate demand, we are certainly geared up to be able to ramp up, but we're also, you know, making sure we are focused on, you know, as I mentioned, inventory management, et cetera, that, you know, we're, we're ready to respond to whatever the market serves us here in the second half of the year. Fair enough. And could you speak to maybe what your, you know, your Softwood Solog customer base in uh, New Brunswick and Maine is there much potential for them to increase production uh, over the near term, given the, the strong market environment, or, or are they all running full already? Most of the, our key customers are in, in New Brunswick are running full. In Maine, there's opportunity for them to to increase. Some are, are, are running full. Some uh, have have some opportunity to to ramp up, and we expect them to do so over the coming months and take more demand. Great. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for that. That's, uh, that's all I had. I'll, I'll turn it over. Thanks. Thank you. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Our next question comes from the line of Paul Quinn from RBC Capital Markets. Your line is now open. Hey, thanks, and, uh, and morning slash afternoon. Um, you highlighted the delay in timber service revenues in, in the quarter. Just wondering what the benefit will be in Q3. Uh, so it was a very minor delay. One uh, contractor crew was uh, delayed to start. Um, they were from Quebec entering into New Brunswick, and we needed to work through some COVID-related protocols and, and issues to get them up and running. Um, it, again, not uh, significantly material, but just speaks to you know how how uh, disruptive COVID has been to, to certain pieces of our business. Um, but uh, but you know it, it hasn't had much of an impact, and and it won't have an impact on our Q3 results. Okay, and then just uh, following up on the the COVID issue, um, borders still closed. Um, what's the effect on your overall operations and any contingency plans that you put in place to to deal with it? Mm -hmm. So. Our, our any kind of commercial activity is able to cross the border. Um, so, you know, ever since kind of the, the, the pandemic started, um, we haven't seen any disruptions from a, 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 an ability to, to supply or move product um, other than that, that one instance where, you know, there, there was a challenge in getting a contractor up and running here in New Brunswick, but that's been sorted. Um, we have, as I, as I mentioned, a very comprehensive COVID-19 uh, operating plan um, that's been very well accepted across our employees and contractor base, and so they're all operating to that protocol, and we think the risk is low given 
um, the, the COVID kind of uh, cases in both New Brunswick and Maine. Um, and then with respect to our customers, they're all, you know, all of our key customers have very comprehensive operating plans themselves um, and are taking the pandemic very seriously and, and working to kind of reduce, reduce the risk of, of disruption associated with the pandemic. Um, so we're all doing our kind of best efforts. And again, the forest products industry was deemed an essential service through, you know, this, the initial impact and expect that 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 uh, classification or view wouldn't change through the remainder of the year if there was to be a second wave. Okay, uh, thanks for that. And, and, and uh, maybe something, a warehouse are committed this week to developing a uh, carbon offset market. Just wondering what you guys are thinking about that and what's the opportunity for Acadia? Yes, um, we, we have been thinking about that. We have been um, doing some, some preliminary work um, with you know, with the service provider that develops and sells credits, um, it's certainly something that that we are we are looking at, and it's not an opportunity we're going to miss. But we are going to be very thoughtful as to uh, how we approach that situation, ensuring that um, it, it makes sense to commit the business because because the way those credits work is you're ultimately you know committing to you know a certain type of uh, operating regime or plan. Uh, for a very long period of time, and as long as that, you know, the cost benefit makes sense for for Acadian, it's certainly something that that we'll look at. Okay, and just uh, I guess the last one, the edit tax expenses, uh, seven hundred grand in the quarter. Just wondering uh, if you can give us some more guidance on that. Some more guidance on that. I, I would I would call it um, one time in nature. So I don't think you you won't see it going forward. Um, uh, again, it was just a legislative change by the IRS on uh, April 8th. All right, that's all I had. Best of luck, Kate. Thanks. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Andrew Kuski from Credit Suisse. Your line is now open. Thank you. Good afternoon. Um, I guess the question relates to, Erica, some of your earlier comments on your key customers in New Brunswick are essentially full, um, but there's room to run in Maine. So I guess when we take that kind of commentary with the cautious optimism of some of your clients and just the general direction of pricing, is the implication from an Acadian standpoint, potential for rising prices on a realized basis for your stand in New Brunswick and then room to run on both price and volume in, in your main portfolio? I want to be careful of, as to how much, you know, guidance, because I mean, this is a, you know, a very uncertain time. The way we are looking at our markets is we're certainly seeing, you know, it's a positive, a, a generally positive market in New Brunswick. Um, and in Maine, um, there's definitely opportunities that we'll continue to work on to, uh, from a pricing perspective. And, um, and uh, you know, we expect conditions to continue to improve as mills work through their winter inventories um, and you know are able to start taking deliveries again. Okay, appreciate that. And, and maybe just another question related into into Maine. If the digester issue didn't happen at the one facility, what where, where do you think things would be? I mean, directionally higher. But where I guess where would inventory? Where do you think inventories would be, and you know where would prices be roughly? You know, if if that hadn't happened, uh, I think inventories would still be, you know, I would say balanced. 
um, to to slightly elevated. Right now, they're quite elevated, and they, you know, to the point where, from a soft of pulpwood perspective, expect that you know they'll be elevated through the you know majority of their second half of the year as um, you know the other large consumers in the region continue to work through their inventories. Having said that. Expect the rest of our markets, so softwood saw timber, hardwood uh, saw timber, and pulpwood, uh, those markets to be uh, to be steady to to improving. Um, and with respect to sawmill softwood uh, sawmill residuals in the region, um, given where lumber prices are today, um, you know we expect that mills will find a solution for those resid residuals, even though uh, demand is relatively weak for for that product currently. Great. And then one final one for me, and it's just on, on, on the progress on internalizing the management structure. I, I guess what are mm -hmm. the key notable things that have happened since we talked on this issue, I think, the last quarter? Mm -hmm. I think I had mentioned in the last quarter uh, we had essentially uh, completed all the internalization activities that were necessary. Um, we have uh, – we are no longer relying on Brookfield for – for any you know services, we're not sharing any services. Acadians fully stand alone. Uh, the only outstanding piece is uh, myself, um, and and nothing has changed there. Um, you know, it, I'm I'm here you know pursuant to a, a two-year kind of agreement, um, and I started late last year. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much. Great, thanks. Thank you. At this time, I am showing no further questions. I would like to turn the call back over to Erica Riley for closing remarks. Okay, great. Thank you. Just, uh, just in conclusion, wanted to uh, to thank all of our shareholders for their shareholders for all their ongoing support, and uh, please, everyone, just stay safe. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thanks for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. 
the new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.